Hi guys, welcome back. This is Ping. Um, this is our third episode of the mini series of Asian adoptees in the U.S. And I certainly learned so much from three of our guests. If you haven't heard the other two episodes, I've put the titles in the episode notes. So feel free to take a look and give it a listen. In this episode, Alexis shared about her growing up experiences and also some of the stories being an adoptee for her. So. Let's get started. Welcome to Chai with Ping. This is Ping Robert. In this podcast, I cover immigrant stories, cross-cultural experiences, and minority issues. Join me with a cup of chai and take a listen. No, I'm good. Cool. Awesome. Then let me do the intro. Welcome back to Chai with Ping. Hi, my name is Ping, and welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in for another new episode. If you haven't subscribed already, please do so because this is where you can get a notification when there's a new drop.、Um, I'm also available on Facebook, which is probably dying already. <laughs>、um, I'm also on Instagram, or you can reach me、um, at my email. By chaiwithping at gmail dot com, and I would love to hear from you. If you like any episodes of on this podcast, you can feel free to share it with other people, friends, and family. And、um, you can also kind of tag me if you share on social media, so I can see it, and I I would love to interact with you. All right. So all that said, this is the third. Episode of Asian adoptees in the U.S. mini series. So we、uh, we have three. And of course, I'm open for more in the future. If any adoptees are interested in talking about their stories, feel free to reach out to me, and I would love to do another series on the same topic.、Um, so today, I I got a referral from Kat, who is my previous guest,、um, and then she said that you know this person you might want to talk to her because she's so fun, and then she's an Asian adoptee. So I reached out. And I'm so glad that she's here. So let's welcome Alexis. Hi! Thank you for having me. <laughs> Is it your first podcast interview? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for giving me your first time. This is also really, really exciting for me because, like, we just met and then we started recording. So thank you so much、um, for yes, taking this time. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Alexis, since I'm also new to you, like. Can you share a little about your background and and yeah, just anything that we might want to know before we start your story? So I am a graduate of Texas Tech, and I got a degree in education, and I am currently a special education teacher in the Dallas area. So my major is educational leadership. So it's also、okay. college of education. I have so much respect for、um, teachers, and especially SPED, special education. Yes,、teachers. special education has always had my heart. It's where I wanted to be from the beginning. Yeah. What age group do you work with? So currently, I work with kinder through fifth,、um, and I'm lucky enough that I don't just have one group of kids. I have kids that. Are able to come to me for part of the day and then go back to their classes. So I definitely get to see all ages across the board. Wow.、Oh, okay. And then you must be doing some assessment when new students coming and reach out to resources to connect with them and all that. 
Yes. Um, especially with my younger ones, when they come brand new to the school, there's a lot of communication with past mm-hmm. teachers just so we can get to know the kids better and make yeah. that transition to us easier. Wow. Okay. And Alexis is also a Chinese adoptee, right? Yes, I am. <laughs> when did you, when did you get adopted? So I was adopted in 1994, right before Christmas. So I like to say I was a Christmas present to my parents. Yeah. How old were you? I was only nine months old. So I honestly don't really remember the whole journey over here. Mm -hmm. I've seen the pictures. I've seen the videos. I've heard the recordings. So I wish I could have remembered that because yeah. it all looked amazing. Yeah. Did you ask your parents why they wanted to adopt a, a Chinese kid? Yes. So my parents were unable to have a child of their own and they really wanted to have kids. Um, and they just turned to adoption and they went through a great agency and then they were paired with me. Was it a long process? Would you know? Like, is it a long process to wait for a baby to come? From what I understood, uh, my parents were on a waiting list. Um, and I think, I want to say they waited about a year. I do know that once they were approved to be adoptees or adopt a baby, they were sent a little picture of me about the size of what you'd have on a passport. And once they got that, that was it set in stone. They were going to be my parents and I was going to be their daughter. And they knew what I looked like and they knew my Chinese name. And that was like, okay, we're going to be parents. Oh, wow. So they kind of just get, it's a randomized match. Yes. Okay. So they didn't get to be like, Hey, we want a baby girl from this area of China Mm -hmm. or we want her to have this kind of hair or whatever, you know, some parents are like, we want our kids to look like this. No, they just randomly picked. They can choose it. Yeah. Which is is nice, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Because I didn't get to choose them either. That's right. (laughs) And I'm just wondering, because like, I know that some of the adoptees from Asia, they could have special needs. Uh, Would the family know ahead of time? So, no, actually, that's a great point. Um, So part of the reason I wanted to be a special education teacher is I am dyslexic. Um, I also have dysgraphia and dyscalculia. So I have a hard time with math. Um, My parents did not know any of that when they adopted me. But after they did, they made sure that here I got all the help I needed. So they, they usually won't know. Mm, okay oh wow can you talk about the Alexia and the other one that you talk about what was it because I'm not dyscalculia sorry yeah okay so for dyslexia for me um I had trouble learning to read um I'm not very good at spelling I have to definitely take my time and like proofread anything that I write um I know that dyslexia is hereditary so That goes back to me also wondering, well, who in my family had dyslexia and passed it to me? Um, The dyscalculia, the math disorder, I think is, again, something that comes, it usually pairs with dyslexia, I believe. And 
I just happened to be lucky to get both of them. So when growing up, was it hard for you? Were, were you connected with special education resources? Yes. So I went to private school from first grade all the way till I was a freshman in high school. And I went to specialized schools that helped with kids with learning disabilities. And those teachers there were trained and they knew how to teach to the needs of a student who could be dyslexic because not all dyslexics learn the same way. So I was lucky enough to have different teachers who had different approaches and were able to, like I said, make it easier for me to learn. And then they also gave me those tools that I use later on in life, which helped me get through college, which I honestly never thought I'd go to because of my learning disability. But I'm happy to say that you can do it. (laughs) It might be a little hard, but you can do it. Wow, this is, yeah, it's hard to imagine when you, it's it's hard for you to do math and reading. That's kind of two of the most important thing in, in yeah, and I, right? Yes, and I also feel like there's that stereotype where everyone is always, I've at least faced it a lot, that, oh, you're Asian, you should be good at math. Mm. And it's kind of like, well, that's definitely not true because I definitely struggle with it, but... It just takes me a little bit longer to pick up concepts or to solve a problem, but I can still do it. Yeah, you already mentioned about your racial identity. We're going to come back to that after um, you share about, did, did your parents talk about how you were adopted? And did you come up with that question? It's like, mom, dad, why, why am I here? Why do I look different from you guys? Yeah. So when I was younger, um, I obviously do not look like my parents. My mom has blonde hair and my dad has brown hair. I definitely didn't have the same facial features. But lucky for me, my parents were very, very open with me from the time that I was able to kind of comprehend and understand that I was different and that I was adopted. So they never like kept that from me or hid it from me. They utilize tools from like books to show different stories about families who have gone to China to get babies. Um, They also, what was really cool with my story is my parents actually traveled with a group of other parents. There's um, five of them, five groups of families that went over to China together to get their babies. And I was able to actually grow up with these girls and that was another way that they were able to kind of like show me that, Hey, there are other kids out there that are adopted that are like you, they're living with Americans. So they were always very open, um, willing to answer any questions I had. And that was great for me. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that, you know, the family, they can contact each other and become kind of a supportive community for each other. Yes, they are my Chinese sisters, and I am the second to the youngest. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we would vacation together. It wasn't just like once or like a blue moon. We would go on like full-blown vacations. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it sounds like they already made a plan to make those five families' kids be together and, and go on family vacation. Yes, and it wow. helped too that we all came from the same orphanage. So we were actually already, us babies, we all kind of knew each other through the orphanage. And then our families came over as a group and Mm -hmm. they traveled together. 
Got it. Do you know which province you're from? Um, I was born in Xinjiang. I'm not quite good on the geography of oh, that's fine. That's fine. That. Yeah, I know yeah. it's about a hundred miles from Shanghai. And did you know anything about your like backstory? Why you you were in an orphanage? So I unfortunately do not have any real true backstory.、Um, what the orphanage told my parents when they came to get me was that I was found in like a public area, like a train station, by a police officer. And that police officer brought me to the Jinjiang Welfare Society. And once I was there. There was no note left, no name, age, when I was born, where I was born, or who had even left me. So it's kind of all a mystery. Then how did they calculate your age?、Um, from what we understand, they kind of guessed. I think based on like how old I looked, how much I weighed,、okay. my size. Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah. They basically said, "Okay, she looks like she was born between this time, this month, and this month." And it was about, they said, as early as February and as late as May. So there's、mm-hmm. a pretty good chunk of time there. Yeah. But that just means I can celebrate my birthday like three months. <laughs> wow, they pick your birthday too. Yes, kind of <laughs> right because you'll need a date on your passport and whatever. Yes, they had、yeah. to put something on the papers. Oh, how do you feel about this? Like not having a definite birthday. Um, honestly, I everything that they gave me, I feel like is my birthday. I don't really think too much of it. I've always known my birthday to be in March, on the second of ninety four. So it's just what we've always celebrated. Okay, got it. That is so cool. I've never thought about, you know, your birthday was chosen for you. Well, yeah, yeah. Okay. So while growing up,、um, I don't know which area in Texas you grew up with. Is there a lot of like racial diversity, or like were you one of the few Asian kids in at school? So I grew up in the Dallas area, and being in private school, I was the only Asian until、oh. middle school. Yeah,、um, a lot of my classmates were white, and I definitely stood out. I didn't come across another Asian classmate until about middle school,、mm-hmm. and then at that point, it was still just me and that one other child. Yeah. So we definitely stood out in that aspect. But as a teacher now, I work in the public school system. My school, I'm proud to say, is 50% Asian,、mm-hmm. and I love seeing that because of the diversity that there is there. It gives kids a sense of welcomingness, I yeah, guess you could、yeah. say, and that they can see that there is lots of different cultures around them,、yeah. and it's not just one predominant culture. Yeah, they also get to see kind of like their racial role model or representation、yes. at school. Yeah. So while growing up, since you're the one of the very few、um, kids at school being Asian, and also your identity being Asian adoptees, was there any? Moments that you fell out of place because your identity. Um, absolutely. I definitely faced a lot of the normal things that、um, Asian children face: the 
fake, the children speaking fake Chinese to you, doing the eyes. And that definitely hurt when I was younger. But luckily, my parents um, were able to talk me through all that. And sometimes people just can be mean. And I think also sometimes they don't understand that, yes, we look different, but we're still all the same. We're, both, we're all humans. Um, when I was younger, that was a lot of it, was the eyes and the fake speaking Chinese. I don't think I really faced any discrimination until I was in high school. And I had a really traumatizing bus ride home from school where I actually got called an egg roll. And it was like, whoa, what was that? And it like came out of nowhere. I had, was just sitting on the bus and this kid decided to scream across the bus at me. And it was like, okay. And I had no idea what to do or what to say. So I kind of just sat there. And then I remember getting off the bus and like running home. And I was just horrified. I, I'd never heard of that. And I didn't think I would ever hear someone be so rude. And what did you guys do at home? Did you talk about it? So I talked about it with my parents and they were very shocked as well because we were living in an area at that time where we would have never thought that would have come out of somebody's mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about it as a family and I wasn't going to bring it to the school or anything because I didn't want to cause any more trouble. I was already traumatized enough. I didn't need to like relive it. But actually another student on the bus had told their parents Mm. and their parents had contacted the school. And the next day I got pulled into the office and they were like, we're getting to the bottom of this. We do not stand for this kind of um, language on school buses or bullying of any type. And from there, my parents are like, okay, we'll, we'll come in and talk with you. And we mm-hmm. worked it out with the school, but it was, it was definitely very traumatizing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing this story because it takes a lot of courage to kind of retell this traumatizing experience. Yeah. Yeah. Does being an Asian adoptee shape your life in any way? after these kind of incidents? Um, I think it does. I think if anybody goes through a traumatic event like that, or even something maybe not as traumatic, I think it makes you realize, and like, I personally am proud to be Chinese. I wear it as a badge. I'm not afraid of the way I look anymore. I don't let people's comments affect me. And I'd like to say that it's made me tougher. giving me more tough skin that no matter what I'm going to make it, it's going to be all good. Wow. You already talk about your, your, um, you relate yourself or identify yourself as Chinese. So how do you relate or feel about your cultural roots? Can you tell us more? So I unfortunately have not had the chance to go back to China yet. Um, I was planning on doing it after I graduated high school with my parents because I've always been very interested to know where I came from, what the culture is like over there. Because, I mean, you can read about it in books, you can see it on TV, but until you really go and experience it firsthand, I can't tell you what it's like. But unfortunately, like I said, I graduated high school and then I went straight into college, so I didn't get that chance. 
Um, but I want to go back. Um, but I do relate my parents. Like I said, when I was younger, they kept all the Chinese influences in. I remember reading books. Um, one in particular, um, it was Ernie Wan's um, Lion Dance or something. It was about this little boy and how he celebrated Chinese New Year with his family. My parents would buy me the little Chinese dresses. Um, we would go to Chinese New Year festivals. Oh. I'd see the dragons dance yeah. and I loved it. So, I mean, I definitely still got that aspect of the culture. Yeah. The connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you learn any of the Mandarin language or Chinese language? Unfortunately, because of my learning disability with dyslexia, I was unable to learn the language i think my parents tried to put me in one of the classes one time and then it was just kind of that's when we were noticing hey we need to focus more on the english mm-hmm. help her get there and then maybe circle back but yeah, we never yeah. did ah, i have a friend who has dyslexia and then she said it's easier for her to learn the chinese characters because oh it's wow not, it's not like alphabet based so mm-hmm. i don't know you might want to try. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have looked into it because as a teacher now, I do have a lot of families that do speak Mandarin. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I wish I could help your child, but I yeah. don't know enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Okay. And then how important for you to relate to your cultural roots? I think it's important for me to relate to my cultural roots just by being true to myself. Um, like I said, I know I look different. I know I'm adopted. Um, I definitely want to learn more about my cultural roots, especially since I came from an orphanage and there was no backstory. That's always left kind of a question mark there for me. So really getting to know more than like, oh, you're Chinese. Well, like you said, there's different groups that live in that area. Well, what specific Chinese am I? Um, Is something that I think is something I would love to learn more about. Um, some of the adoptees I interviewed and they took the DNA test. Did this ever occur to you to find a little bit about your racial roots? So that is so funny. A coworker was actually talking to me about that the other day because they actually thought that I was Malaysian, not even from China. And I was like, Okay, so that piqued my interest. I was like, yeah, I've thought about doing like the 21andMe or the DNA test. I just, a part of me is a little nervous to do it because I'm afraid it's going to come back and be like, oh no, you're not 100% Chinese. You're (laughs) something else. And I'm going to be like, well, there's an identity crisis awaiting me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tell me more about it. So what if like it came back like 50% Chinese 30% 30% of Japanese or, you know, 20% of Korean. How would you that feel? Would, <laughs> I, w- I mean, I will take it that is also Asian, but that mm-hmm. opens up so many more questions of like, okay, well then which parent was Chinese? Which parent was not Chinese? How did they meet? Um, why was I in China? How did I get there? Kinda. So it would just open a lot of questions. I mean, I still have those now, but in my head, I'm 100% Chinese. Both my parents had to have been from China. So just taking that test is like, ooh, do I really want to know? Yeah. Do you really want to know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you're still taking some time to consider, huh? 
Yes. Mm. I mean, just from your sharing, I was like, that's just raising my awareness again because like I never thought about those questions. And do you always wonder about your family history or your own history? Yes. So that's always been a big question mark as well. Like when you go to doctors, I have to put on my forms when they ask like, well, does this disease run in your family? I have to put a question mark or I have to put adopted. And that does scare me a little bit because I would like to know like, hey, does say diabetes run in my family or is there a risk of high cholesterol, stuff like that, that could affect me on down the line. And affect, I guess, my future children if I wanted to do that. And the just unknowing and the not knowing is just so unsettling. Thank you for sharing. You already mentioned that, you know, five families of your little community that get together and have like vacations together. Is there any other form of resources that you got? Some people, they go to camps or some people, you know, go to a special center for their culture. Um, Did your family do anything like that? So my family, through their adoption program, they did have events throughout where other families could come together and share their stories. Um, Those events, I was still so young that... I just really see the pictures and my parents like, oh, well, this was this um, event that you did with Gladney or this was FCC, Friends with Children from China. So I don't really know. That would be more of a question for my parents. But from what I understand, we did go to those and we would share our story and I would meet other families who had adopted babies from China. I have an additional question. I'm just thinking, like, because of your identity, does it affect other places of your life? You talk about, you know, a little bit um, of your work. And then does it affect any other areas of your life? For example, socializing groups or, you know, networking with other people or making friends, that kind of thing. Um, I would say for me, mostly... I'm the kind of person for social life, I will talk to anybody. Mm -hmm. And this stems back from when I was a little kid as well. My parents and I were just talking about the other day that when I was much younger, you could not get me to be quiet. I would talk to anybody walking down the street in the grocery store. And it was like to the point where it's like, okay, Alexis, we need to go over stranger danger. Like you're just too friendly. But nowadays, um, I'm a little bit more reserved and (laughs) I won't talk to everybody. Um, But I think that I've never faced really any identity crisis with that. Everyone I've come across has been very welcoming and friendly. Yeah. Anything you want to say to encourage the younger adoptees? I think... Honestly, for the younger adoptees out there, just ask questions. I mean, I'm lucky that my parents were so open about it with me. But until you ask the question, you're not going to know the answer. And I also would like younger adoptees to know that, hey, you are special. You are meant to be with the family that you are meant to be. And when people ask me when I was younger, well, you're adopted. Or, Do you consider these people your real parents? The answer to me is yes. 
as far as I'm concerned, they are mom and dad. They have raised me since I was a baby. They've taught me everything I've known. And they've given me the life that I have today. So they're mom and dad. What would you want the allies or people who are curious about adoptees to know? I would want them to know that I think adoption is a great way to go. Mm. Um, My parents, like I said, they could have adopted from any country. They chose China. Mm -hmm. And not only did that give them the opportunity to learn more about the Chinese culture, Chinese people, it also gave them that chance to travel there and see firsthand and really learn what it means for um, people to adopt a baby, especially people who can't have kids. Did you want to have a family in the future? This could be a little personal, so you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. But I'm just curious, if you had a chance, would you decide to adopt another baby? Um, <laughs> I 100% have already thought about this. This okay. is not too personal. <laughs> um, my ideal situation would be to uh, first adopt a baby from China. Okay. From the same orphanage I came from, if it mm. is still around. Um, I do know that they currently are not doing any adoptions with the orphanage I came from. But hoping that since I was an adoptee, maybe they'd make an exception. But yes, I'd love to adopt the baby. Aww. Have that connection. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering, like, because there's a lot of racial intercultural adoption. And... Do you think it will be more beneficial if the family adopt their, the children who are the same race as the parents? I don't think it matters. I think mm-hmm. nowadays, especially through my job, I see so many different types of families. I mm-hmm. see blended families. And I think no matter what, as long as you love each other and you care about each other, I don't think it matters what the color of your skin is, your ethnicity, where you came from. Cool. Before we end, is there any other thing you want to cover? Um, no, I think that's it. <laughs> How do people find you? Um, people can find me on Instagram. My handle, I think I gave it to you earlier. I don't have it written down in front of me, but you are more than welcome to send me a message there and I'd yeah. be happy to answer any questions. That's right. I think your handle is Alexis. So A-L-E-X-I-S underscore H-A-L-L-L-L. So four L's. Yes. Okay. See, I knew it was something funky. It wasn't just one. Like, there was so many Alexis Pauls on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Hall with four L's at the end. And I'll put it in okay. the um, episode notes. So Okay. Um, thank you. <laughs> no problem. And then, so yeah, listeners, if you're interested, please reach out to Alexis. I think she's such a sweet person and she's so generous to come to the show. So before we uh, end, can we do a recap of the episode? So first we talked about Alexa's background and how you got adopted. And then? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was like, um, it's about how I got adopted and my yes. kind of my background and my story when it kind of wasn't one, but yeah. they made it what they could. Yeah. Um, and we talked a little bit about 
some examples about you, like how you identify your race and all that. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then I, we talked also about how I felt about my cultural roots and why I think it's important that I express that I love being Chinese, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Um, and then I love talking about how to encourage younger adoptees. That's right. So thank you so much for your time, Alexis. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Chai with Ping. If you think someone will benefit from this episode, don't forget to share it with them. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If you like my show, you can buy me some chai with small donations. Details are in the episode notes. Till next time. Thank you.